Okay. So, I uh, would dare to argue that this is probably one of the more important and thoroughly explained episodes that I've done. I could be wrong, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I think that um, what I'm going to be discussing in this episode cannot be understated. So, as simple-minded and and basic as uh, this title might lead you to believe, I really think that free thinking is something that is looked upon these days as sort of unsavory and unorthodox, you know, amongst many people for a, a multitude of reasons. And so I think that ultimately what we're led to believe is that anyone having to do with the actual term free thinking, okay, is someone who really is unaware of things more than anyone else. And that presumption could not be more incorrect and honestly like repulsive. So I think that given today's political climate and everything that's going on around us, what we first need to address is what free thinking means and how we define it. Because the term is very loosely thrown around, even though I believe that there there still is some loose connection to everything that uses the word uh, to the best of their, sorry, to everyone that uses the word to the, uh, the best of their intellectual ability. Now, let me also say that I think this term has become more and more popular as of lately due to the fact that there seems to be this sort of increasingly strong and determined hunger for something real and something meaningful and for something that has not been altered or twisted in any way to cater towards an agenda, ultimately. And I also think that there's no better time for there to be an intellectual revolution of sorts. Uh, I think there's no better time than right now for that, for a number of reasons. Um, both of which are due to convenience and necessity, but I'll get to that a little bit later. So free thinking has a lot of definitions, but if I were to sum it up in a, a respective format, I would say that it's someone who tends to reject the status quo and refuses to accept tr uh, you know, traditional legacy-style opinions that no matter you know, how these opinions are worded, they nonetheless tend to lean in the direction of a political ideology that, by its very definition, refutes and contradicts the term free thinking. And this is where I ultimately believe that free thinking cannot be overstated. And that's because of the fact that free thinking allows us to formulate our own beliefs and opinions on any given subject. It doesn't have to just be politics, right? And therefore, by definition of the evolutionary process, it allows us to come to conclusions that don't need to lean in any, you know, um, towards any side politically. And although some opinions may lean towards a certain view, which is fine, by the way, what makes up this free-thinking opinion is that it is, at its very core, based on a process of concepts and ideologies that any given person has formulated within their own minds and has not been influenced by the, the what I call, you know, the legacy institutions that have plagued us for, for such a long time. And I think that if you can formulate the, the core base of your opinion and argument on your own beliefs and judgments and conclusions and not on a particular article that you've, you've read or a specific news station that you've watched, then you would be classified to be a free thinker. Now, 
Let me also quickly note that I'm not attempting to be the person that dictates what makes up a free thinker and what doesn't. I'm, I'm simply just evaluating the patterns that I've noticed that tend to be coming you know, to light more and more. And I think this community is really onto something because there wouldn't be such massive efforts to attempt to silence and suppress these people if they weren't on to, to, to something, you know? Um, so now let's talk about why others outside of this intimate, intellectually exclusive circle tend to kind of label free thinkers as like nonsense and, and complete bullshit. Now, let me just say that this is just my view, but I think it has something to do with the fact that the people who bash and try to suppress free thinkers are A, working for the legacy institutions in one form or another that are the ones that attempting to demonize and destroy these individuals, or B, have simply become far too closed-minded and limited in their views and their way of thinking in order for them to recognize, accept, and let alone listen to what these intellectuals actually have to say. And so I think a combination of the two reasons that I've listed above have ultimately led to people feeling the need to bash free thinkers as people that are just trying to sell some form of enlightened, fake kind of gimmick, which ultimately doesn't make sense to me personally because the way I see it is why would these intellectuals constantly provide open-ended discussions and forums where they can discuss topics with others all around the world if they were just trying to make money or feed off their followers? Now, Look, granted, we do live in a capitalistic society where we need money in order to, to survive, but I think that my argument stands because if these intellectuals leading, you know, this, this movement, like, you know, Sam Harris or Jordan Peterson or the Weinstein brothers were doing it strictly for the money, why wouldn't they just make a handful of appearances on podcasts a few times a year to promote themselves and then just host all of their forums and exclusive privately held events and lectures where you'd have to pay like stupid amounts of money to get in. I mean, that's what I think they'd be doing if they wanted to do it just for the money. So ultimately, look, that whole premise behind it, it doesn't make sense to me. And yes, you know, people can argue that the free thinker movement has, has, you know, blinded people right under the guise of it claiming to be a woke movement of sorts. But I honestly don't, I don't see the long-term benefits to that, to that kind of argument. I mean, of course, over time, as this movement grows, there, there's going to be frauds and what have you. But ultimately, I mean, what frauds are not in, you know, different, um, uh, you know, different institutions and industries and all that. There's frauds everywhere. But ultimately, I think that we have to weed the bad ones out from the good ones, just like we do with anything else in life. But I do have to say that I'm very pleased to see more often than not evidently genuine, honest people just trying to make a difference in their respective fields. And I've spoken to some of these intellectuals firsthand, actually. So I can honestly say I've gotten a bit more of a feel as to what they're like. And, I, and if they're putting on a front which I doubt they are, but if they're putting on a front, then I guess I've, I've fallen for it, but I, I doubt that they are. So um, moving on, I'd also like to discuss why I think there is no better time for this free-thinking kind of woke movement to be happening right now. Firstly, I think that the coronavirus, for all of its treacheries and all of its you know terrible um, resulting events that have happened has actually brought some of us to become more aware and more observant of the traditional legacy style media that has 
essentially plagued us for so long. And I think that as much as there are individuals out there who are doing their best and honest work at trying to stop this virus in its tracks, there's also people out there that are using this virus as a means to push some kind of institutional agenda that doesn't hold any morally or ethically upright values at heart. And so I think that what we have here is a boatload of misinformation that is being covered by the smog of our lack of knowledge pertaining to this particular virus, right? And many institutions have capitalized on this opportunity. So look, I think that when it comes to the present time and the short-term future, the virus has proven to be beneficial for those yearning for an ulterior perspective than just that of the right versus left sort of never-ending debate that just ends up going nowhere ultimately, right? I also think that when it comes to the, the long-term evolutionary aspect of this, what we're assumingly going to be experiencing as human beings is that vast evolution of technological innovation that will drive us to possibly become more and more divided politically and ideologically, if we are not careful, is what will take place. And what I mean by that is there are going to, there's going to be a ton of debate behind the moral and ethical uses of various technologies, right? Whether it's AI or, or scientific studies pertaining to artificial and biological creation or, or, or what have you. And I think that because this debate is already happening now, and let's also remember that we can't dismiss the religious part because that's a big part too. But because this debate's happening now, what we have is this sort of back and forth kind of conundrum that will ultimately lead to more divisiveness unless free thinkers like the ones that are coming out of the woodworks right now have enough power over time to step in and say, hey, let's address this in a more appropriately intellectual sense, which I fear they won't have that kind of power, right? But I mean, I can, I can dream, right? And I think that free thinkers and intellectuals are more important than ever right now because if they had come along any later in time, I think we would be in some big trouble, if I had to be completely honest with you. I mean, more trouble than we're in right now. And let me also note that I feel like some of these free thinkers have actually limited their full extent of opinion and expression on certain topics for the simple fact that they understand these intellectuals, okay, that are kind of breaking through the woodworks right now, understand that these legacy or traditional, whatever you want to call them, institutions ultimately hold sway and influence over even the major internet-based forums that are being used. And so these intellectuals understand that in order for their core message to get across to the masses, they need to be reserved, okay, in their depiction and their opinion on certain things. Because if they're not then they will risk the possibility of being shut down. And they know this, and I think this is something they're trying to say to us. And, I, and so I think that it's also something very significant to, to understand, and it's something that I don't believe we should dismiss at the same time. So um, this isn't a, a very long episode, as you can tell, uh, but in the future, I intend to cover much more on this. And... Uh, maybe, you know, I'll start a playlist or a category on it, or maybe I'll just piece it out or just keep discussing issues relating to this core ideology. But ultimately, I hope that in this episode, I've kind of provided a little bit of an introduction behind the the intellectual thought process of free thinking. Um, and I can delve into so many of the topics I covered, but I just decided in this episode, I'd rather sum it up a little more. I just hope that I've illustrated in the best way possible why, why free thinking and free thinkers is suddenly a sin and a, a quote-unquote disgrace to be, 
right? And I hope that after watching or listening to this episode, you as a person, as an individual, will come down to your, you know, it'll, you'll come to your own conclusions with most of your argumentative foundation not being based on any one uh, traditional legacy um, outlet, so to speak. Because ultimately, that's, that's what it's all about, and that's what I hope the messages that I've delivered um, in this episode. So thank you very much, and we will catch you guys next time. Peace.